Section three of Pirates of Panama The Buccaneers of America by A. O. Exquemelin Translated by G. A. Williams This is a Librivox recording. All Librivox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit Librivox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander Chapter two a description of Tortuga, the fruits and plants there, how the French first settled there at two several times, and forced out the Spaniards. The author twice sold in the said island. The island of Tortuga is situated on the north side of Hispaniola in twenty degrees thirty minutes latitude. Its just extent is three score leagues about. The Spaniards, who gave name to this island, called it so from the shape of the land, in some manner resembling a great sea tortoise, called by them Tortuga de Mar. The country is very mountainous, and full of rocks, and yet thick of lofty trees, that grow upon the hardest of those rocks, without partaking of a softer soil. Hence it comes that their roots, for the greatest part, are seen naked and tangled among the rocks like the branching of ivy against our walls. That part of this island, which stretches to the north, is totally uninhabited. The reason is, first, because it is incommodious and unhealthy, and secondly, for the ruggedness of the coast, that gives no access to the shore unless among rocks almost inaccessible for this cause it is peopled only on the south part which hath only one port indifferently good yet this harbour has two entries or channels which afford passage to ships of seventy guns the port itself being without danger and capable of receiving a great number of vessels the inhabited parts of which the first is called the lowlands or low country this is the chief among the rest because it contains the port aforesaid the town is called cayona and here live the chiefest and richest planters of the island the second part is called the middle plantation its soil is yet almost new being only known to be good for tobacco the third is named Ringot, and is situated towards the west part of the island. The fourth and last is called the mountain, in which place were made the first plantations upon this island. As to the wood that grows here, we have already said that the trees are exceedingly tall and pleasing to the sight, whence no man will doubt, but they may be applied to several uses such is the yellow saunder which by the inhabitants is called bois de chandelle or in english candlewood because it burns like a candle and serves them with light while they fish by night here grows also lignum sanctum or guaiacum its virtues are very well known more especially to those who observe not the seventh commandment and are given to impure copulations physicians drawing hence in several compositions the greatest antidote for venereal diseases as also for cold and vicious humours 
The trees likewise, which afford gummi elemi, grow here in great abundance, as doth radix chine, or china root. Yet this is not so good as that of other parts of the western world. It is very white and soft, and serves for pleasant food for the wild boars, when they can find nothing else. This island also is not deficient in aloes, nor an infinite number of the other medicinal herbs, which may please the curiosity of such as are given to their contemplation. Moreover, for building of ships, or any other sort of architecture, here are found several sorts of timber. The fruits, likewise, which grow here abundantly, are nothing inferior in quantity or quality to what other islands produce. I shall name only some of the most ordinary and common. Such are magnuit, potatoes, abajo apples, yanas, basons, pacais, carousels, mamines, ananas, and diverse other sorts, which I omit to specify. Here grow likewise in great numbers those trees called palmitos, or palmites, whence is drawn a certain juice which serves the inhabitants instead of wine, and whose leaves cover their houses instead of tiles. In this island abundeth also the wild boar. The governor hath prohibited the hunting of them with dogs, fearing lest the island being but small, the whole race of them in a short time should be destroyed. The reason why he thought convenient to preserve these wild beasts was that, in case of any invasion, the inhabitants might sustain themselves with their food, especially where they once constrained to retire to the woods and mountains. Yet this sort of game is almost impeded by itself, by reason of the many rocks and precipices, which for the greatest part are covered with little shrubs, very green and thick, whence the huntsmen have oftentimes fallen, and left us the sad remembrance of many a memorable disaster. At certain time of the year there resort to Tortuga large flocks of wild pigeons, and then the inhabitants feed on them very plentifully, having more than they can consume, and leaving totally to their repose all other sorts of fowl, both wild and tame, that so, in the absence of the pigeons, these may supply their place. But as nothing in the universe, though never so pleasant, can be found, but what hath something of bitterness with it, the very symbol of this truth we see in the aforesaid pigeons. For these, the season being past, can scarce be touched with the tongue. They become so extremely lean and bitter even to admiration. The reason of this bitterness is attributed to certain seed which they eat about that time, even as bitter as gall. About the sea shores everywhere are found great multitudes of crabs, both of land and sea, and both sorts very big. These are good to feed servants and slaves, whose palates they please, but are very hurtful to this sight. Besides being eaten too often, they cause great giddiness in the head, with much weakness of the brain, so that very frequently they are deprived of sight for a quarter of an hour. 
The French, having settled in the Isle of St. Christopher, planted their sort of trees, of which at present there possibly may be greater quantities with the timber whereof they make long boats and hoys, which they sent thence westward, well manned and victualled to discover other islands. These setting sail from St. Christopher came within sight of Hispaniola, where they arrived with abundance of joy. Having landed, they marched into the country, where they found large quantities of cattle, such as cows, bulls, horses, and wild boars, but finding no great profit in these animals, unless they could enclose them, and knowing likewise the island to be pretty well peopled by the Spaniards, they thought it convenient to enter upon and seize the island of Tortuga. This they performed without any difficulty, there being upon the island no more than ten or twelve Spaniards to guard it. These few men let the French come in peaceably, and possess the island for six months without any trouble. Meanwhile they passed and repassed with their canoes to Hispaniola, from whence they transported many people, and at last began to plant the whole island of Tortuga. The few Spaniards remaining there, perceiving the French to increase their number daily, began at last to repine at their prosperity, and grudge them the possession. Hence they gave notice to others of their nation, their neighbours, who sent several boats, well armed and manned, to dispossess the French. This expedition succeeded according to their desires, for the new possessors, seeing the great number of Spaniards, fled with all they had to the woods, and hence by night they wafted over with canoes to the island of Hispaniola. This they the more easily performed, having no women or children with them, nor any great substance to carry away. Here they also retired into the woods, both to seek for food, and from thence with secrecy to give intelligence to others of their own faction, judging for certain that within a little while they would be in a capacity to hinder the Spaniards from fortifying in Tortuga. Meanwhile the Spaniards of the great island ceased not to seek after their new guests. The French, with intent to root them out of the woods, if possible, or caused them to perish with hunger. But this design soon failed, having found that the French were masters both of good guns, powder, and bullets. Here, therefore, the fugitives waited for a certain opportunity, wherein they knew the Spaniards were to come from Tortuga with arms, and a great number of men, to join with those of the greater island for their destruction. When this occasion offered, they, in the meanwhile, deserting the woods where they were, returned to Tortuga, and dispossessed the small number of Spaniards that remained at home. Having so done, they fortified themselves the best they could, thereby to prevent the return of the Spaniards in case they should attempt it. Moreover, they sent immediately to the governor of St. Christopher's, craving his aid and relief, and demanding of him a governor the better to be united among themselves, and strengthened on all occasions. The governor of St. Christopher's received their petition with much satisfaction. 
and without delay sent monsieur le passeur to them in quality of a governor together with a ship full of men and all necessaries for their establishment and defence no sooner had they received this recruit but the governor commanded a fortress to be built upon the top of a high rock from whence he could hinder the entrance of any ships or other vessels to the port to this fort no other access could be had than by almost climbing through a very narrow passage that was capable only of receiving two persons at once and those not without difficulty in the middle of this rock was a great cavity which now serves as a storehouse besides here was great convenience for raising a battery the fort being finished the governor commanded two guns to be mounted which could not be done without great toil and labour as also a house to be built within the fort and afterwards the narrow way that led to the said fort to be broken and demolished leaving no other ascent thereto than by a ladder within the fort gushes out a plentiful fountain of pure fresh water sufficient to refresh a garrison of a thousand men being possessed of these conveniences and the security these things might promise the french began to people the island and each of them to seek their living some by hunting others by planting tobacco and others by cruising and robbing upon the coasts of the spanish islands which trade is continued by them to this day the spaniards notwithstanding could not behold but with jealous eyes the daily increase of the french in tortuga fearing lest in time they might be by them dispossessed also of hispaniola thus taking an opportunity when many of the french were abroad at sea and others employed in hunting with eight hundred men in several canoes they landed again in tortuga almost without being perceived by the french but finding that the governor had cut down many trees for the better discovery of any enemy in case of an assault as also that nothing of consequence could be done without great guns they consulted about the fittest place for raising a battery this place was soon concluded to be the top of a mountain which was in sight seeing that from thence alone they could level their guns at the fort which now lay open to them since the cutting down of the trees by the new possessors hence they resolved to open a way for the carriage of some pieces of ordnance to the top this mountain is somewhat high and the upper part thereof plain from whence the whole island may be viewed the sides thereof are very rugged by reason a great number of inaccessible rocks do surround it so that the ascent was very difficult and would always have been the same had not the spaniards undergone the immense labour and toil of making the way before mentioned as i shall now relate the spaniards had with them many slaves and indians labouring men whom they call matades or in english half yellow men these they ordered with iron tools to dig a way through the rocks this they performed with the greatest speed imaginable 
and through this way, by the help of many ropes and pulleys, they at last made shift to get up two pieces of ordnance, wherewith they made a battery next day to play on the fort. Meanwhile the French, knowing these designs, prepared for a defence, while the Spaniards were busy about the battery, sending notice everywhere to their companions for help. Thus the hunters of the island all joined together, and with them all the pirates who were not already too far from home. These landed by night at Tortuga, lest they should be seen by the Spaniards, and under the same obscurity of the night they all together, by a back way, climbed the mountain where the Spaniards were posted, which they did the more easily, being acquainted with these rocks. They came up at the very instant that the Spaniards, who were above, were preparing to shoot at the fort, not knowing in the least of their coming. Here they set upon them at their backs, with such fury as forged the greatest part to precipitate themselves from the top to the bottom, and dash their bodies in pieces. Few or none escaped, for if any remained alive they were put to the sword, some Spaniards did still keep the bottom of the mountain, but these, hearing the shrieks and cries of them that were killed, and believing some tragical revolution to be above, fled immediately towards the sea, despairing ever to regain the island of Tortuga. The governors of this island behaved themselves as proprietors and absolute lords thereof till 1664, when the West Indian Company of France took possession thereof, and sent thither for their governor, Monsieur Augeron. These planted the colony for themselves by their factors and servants, thinking to drive some considerable trade from thence with the Spaniards, even as the Hollanders do from Curaçao. But this design did not answer, for with other nations they could drive no trade, by reason they could not establish any secure commerce from the beginning with their own, forasmuch as at the first institution of this company in France they agreed with the pirates, hunters, and planters, first possessors of Tortuga, that these should buy all their necessaries from the said company upon trust. And though this agreement was put in execution, yet the factors of the company soon after found that they could not recover either monies or returns from those people, that they were constrained to bring some armed men into the island in behalf of the company to get in some of their payments. But neither this endeavour nor any other could prevail towards the settling a second trade with those of the island. Hereupon the company recalled their factors, giving them orders to sell all that was their own in the said plantation, both the servants belonging to the company, which were sold some for twenty and others for thirty pieces of eight, as also all other merchandises and proprieties. And thus all their designs fell to the ground. On this occasion I was also sold, being a servant under the said company in whose service I left France. But my fortune was very bad, for I fell into the hands of the most cruel and perfidious man that ever was born, who was then governor, 
or rather lieutenant-general of that island. This man treated me with all the hard usage imaginable, yea, with that of hunger with which I thought I should have perished inevitably. Withal he was willing to let me buy my freedom and liberty, but not under the rate of three hundred pieces of eight, I not being master of one at a time in the world. At last, through the manifold miseries I endured, as also affliction of mind, I was thrown into a dangerous sickness. This misfortune, added to the rest, was the cause of my happiness, for my wicked master, seeing my condition, began to fear lest he should lose his monies with my life. Hereupon he sold me a second time to a surgeon for seventy pieces of eight. Being with this second master, I began soon to recover my health through the good usage I received. He being much more humane and civil than my first patron. He gave me both clothes and very good food, and after I had served him but one year, he offered me my liberty, with only this condition, that I should pay him one hundred pieces of eight when I was in a capacity so to do, which kind proposal of his I could not but accept with infinite joy and gratitude. Being now at liberty, though like Adam when he was first created, that is, naked and destitute of all human necessaries, not knowing how to get my living, I determined to enter into the order of the pirates, or robbers at sea. Into this society I was received with common consent, both of the superior and vulgar sort, where I continued till 1672. Having assisted them in all their designs and attempts, and served them in many notable exploits, of which hereafter I shall give the reader a true account, I return to my own native country. But before I begin my relation, I shall say something of the island Hispaniola, which lies towards the western part of America, as also give my reader a brief description thereof, according to my slender ability and experience. End of chapter 2 Read by Lars Rolander